a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. It is Short Fuse. Hope you are well, ladies and gents. Hope you've had a good week so far. Weekend is coming. Always the greatest time of the year. Any weekend is a good time. Particularly this weekend for Johnny. It's going to be out and about. You'll see Johnny in some of his, what shall I say, sartorial elegance later on. So that'll be good. Uh, Shout out this week to Pave. P-A-V-E. He's known to me. Uh, He has just released a little uh, music video. Uh, or his uh, rapping is going on. You're probably able to hear a bit of it underneath me. Uh, and this was edited by our very own Alex. So uh, wishing him all the best. He's a rap star that's going to hopefully make some money for me. Isn't that right, Jonas? He's a rap star that's going to go far. He's going to go far. He's a rap star. He's going to go far. Nice one, Jonas. Excellent. So there you go. So a bit of that shout out there to uh, Pave Purple 3, to Frem. To Fraser as well. <clears throat> right. Um, before we start getting into things this week, hopefully you've seen our brand new website. So uh, we redesigned the website the last few months, taking quite a time, and hopefully you'll be able to see a bit of it on the screen now. Um, if you haven't been on it, go on it. You'll see it's a new look. We've got uh, a breaking news tab. Hopefully the fonts are better, pictures are better. It's optimized for both mobile and for your tablets. And big thanks to Eugene from Slick Implementations who helped design it. And Freddie, even you like it, don't you, Freddo? He loves it, see? He's been working away, old Fredster, putting it all together. So, we've got a new look, we've got a new website, we want you to get involved. Uh, We'll be doing uh, lots of live stuff on it. You'll be able to hopefully watch this right now on our website. And remember, every morning, you'll be able to see the glorious Jonathan in full view, well, not quite full view, but on the website. Uh, We'll also be uh, working out a system that hopefully you'll be able to use it for things like uh, booking in if you're one of our sponsors or delegates to our events and more on events later on. Right, let's get on with the news. So the story of the week, well, it's actually two stories in one. Let's start off with the first bit, which is British Gas. So British Gas announced on Tuesday that it was having a pay rise. Yes, a pay rise for all of us. Our prices are going up. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. So 5.5%, that's what's going up in the, uh, in the price rise for all of us. And then just two days later, EDF said they were going to put up their prices by 2.7%. So let's go through a bit of that. So... British Gas, uh, price hike 5.5%. Sounds very bad. Boo. EDF price house 2.7%. Bad, but not as bad. Less of a boo. Let's work out the figures, though. So uh, the average price rise for BG customers, and this will affect about 4 million odd, is going to be around about £5 a month. So 60 quid, yeah? Uh, When it comes to um, EDF, it's going to be £16 a year. And it affects uh, around about sort of one and a bit million people. So it's a lot fewer. So you'd think that the actual price rise for, for British gas is worse. But look at the actual average standard variable tariff uh, figures. So after the rise, uh, BG will go to 1,161. Uh, uh, and EDF will be 1,158. 
So by my maths, that's three quid difference. So it looks like it's it's different, but it isn't. At the end of the day, it's the same thing. So British Gas had slightly lower prices to begin with. Are they right to put up prices? Well, we could all say, no, no, you shouldn't put up prices. That's wrong. It's unfair. And I'm not trying to belittle it. Five pound a month for a lot of people is a lot of money. But we've got to look at it from, from the point of view of the energy companies. And they say one of the things that's happened is obviously costs have gone up because the government is introducing the price cap. Now, the price cap hasn't actually come into play. But what they're doing is what any company will do. If you say, right, you know what, uh, you're going to be limited how much you earn. You're going to go, OK, well, if I can't make money that way, what I'm going to do is fix products. I'll put the prices up so that I'm covering myself for the loss of revenue I'll get in the other things. And so that's where it's all gone wrong here. I think that these price rises, I mean, you could say it's a bit of bullshit from, you know, the corporate mouths where uh, BG have said, oh, we reluctantly did it. It could be like, oh, yeah, we're really sorry we had to do it. We still did it. But I do have some empathy in the sense that these businesses are now looking at what is a regulated market in the domestic space. So if you regulate things, you do end up, it looks like we're getting a better deal, but I don't know if we really will. And these prices have to go up because someone's got to pay for it. And at the end of the day, who's going to pay for it? You and me. That's all that's going to happen. So that's that. Our next story is all about London and wind. We have a lot of wind in this office, as we know. Plenty goes on at lunchtime and a lot of it at 5 p.m. Anyway, and that's good because it's not on company time, is it, Johnny? So that's good. Never, Never on company time. Um, so this is, this is a story that John has found, which was quite weird. So... Um, some reports come out saying that for London, which is 8.8 .8 million people, and we need about 45 million megawatts of power, you'd need, get this, 1,600 square meters, uh, square, sorry, 1,600 square kilometers of wind turbines. Uh, bear in mind, London is about 1,600. So the whole of London would have to be covered with wind turbines to power London. I thought that was quite good. Uh, for Tokyo, the figure's even worse. So they'd need 10,000 square kilometres of um, uh, turbines to power it. Barcelona, however, much smaller city, only 299 square kilometres. What does this all tell us? Well, it, it's just an exercise to say that actually you'd need a lot more infrastructure if you're going to go renewable. We all know that. And um, we were just discussing in the office earlier this week about whether fusion would ever happen and blah 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 i mean you look at it nothing wrong with offshore wind nothing that wrong with onshore wind except people don't like onshore wind because of the noise and etc 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 but it does show you the scale of what we're facing london is not even that big a city okay 8.8 .8 million is not huge compared to somewhere like a mumbai or a mexico city yeah so these huge conurbations uh, in the developing world so imagine how much power these cities would need. And you can say, okay, we're a bit more technologically advanced, so we've got more drain. But the point of this report shows you, you do need a lot more renewable infrastructure if we're going to make this transition. And we've got a long way to go. And then finally on this section, um, talking about renewables, a bit of a throwback to coal. Now this, this really, really hit me. So we started Energy Live News in 2010. In 2012, 58% um, 
of our daily energy needs in this country was met by coal. Do you know what it was at the beginning of this year? 9%. That's right, 9%. That's incredible, okay? That is unbelievable how much it's dropped. So you think coal is dead. You know, we're closing down all our coal power plants. Thermal is, uh, you know, fossil fuels. Well, we can get away with gas just for now because we have to, but coal is evil and dirty, blah, 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 blah. But a study uh, has found that actually coal is now vital as our UK backup, our power reserve. So if you remember a few weeks back, although it's been miserable every day, how miserable has it been? I mean, the whole of April so far has just been grey, apart from one day. Robert loves it because it's cold, but anyway, the rest of us hate it. But if you remember back uh, in March, we had the beast from the east and then the mini beast and whatever it came. And what happened then was that because we had such a demand on our gas, you might remember the story about a warning from National Grid about, you know, we're going to run out of gas. Our coal reserve came into play. And in fact, we had 10.5 gigawatts of thermal reserve in coal power. So coal, whatever you may think of it being nasty and we should get rid of it, we do need it. We still need it. Uh, maybe not now in the day-to-day -day generation of power, but we certainly need it when it comes to our backup. And that, I think, is quite interesting. Uh, plenty more stories later. We'll be doing the Hack Hutch this week. But now let's move on to this week's Viewpoint. EVs. Now, <laughs> what do you think about an EV? Everyone would say it's a great thing, it's brilliant, you know, got loads of cars coming in, everyone's moving away from petrol and diesel, the diesel, you know, be, you know, phased out by 2040. And it's clean, it's the clean fuel. Electric car. Round here, those of poshos live round here. Johnny loves that. And they, loads of them, driving Teslas. Massive things, huge, and they're all plugging them all having their nice mung bean lattes in Planet Organic and driving their enormous Teslas. So they're all doing great things for the environment. Of course, it's an EV, it's electric, there's no emissions, it's blah, blah, blah. Or is it? Is it really that clean? Is it really that green, actually? So ID Tech uh, EX is a, a research group who's looked at how clean electric vehicles really are. And what they found is that, although you can obviously say that the emissions are pretty much negligible, EVs are not that clean. Think about the things that go into making an EV, particularly in the batteries and the electronics. They are just jam-packed full of diodes and, uh, you know, chips and motherboards and circuit boards. You know, they're basically just electronic devices with a battery. So, arsenic, cadmium, lithium, cobalt all things that are rare, all things that are being mined, all things that have huge environmental damage, and also all things that are pretty toxic. So uh, you could say that, uh, and the report says, the levels of these chemicals are very low, okay? Let's not be, you know, there's not masses of them, but there's a small amount of each of these in the batteries, in, in the cars. But as we get more and more EVs, obviously that means more of these chemicals, more of these uh, pollutants that are out there, things that take uh, millions of years to break down, you know, things that will be an issue of how we dispose of batteries in the future. And so uh, these researchers said, you know, although the headline figure is an EV is cleaner, 
is it really? And is it that that good for the environment? There are options out there. They've talked about things called non-toxic supercapacitors. So um, using different forms of electrochemicals that are less harmful to power these cars. And of course, banning the most harmful chemicals that might be part of it. I really think this is uh, an issue we have to look at. I have family in Calcutta and I think I've mentioned it before, you go to a city like that, it's just disgusting, right? There's loads, Beijing, you go to Mexico, you go to you know, Sao Paulo, you go to Delhi, Mumbai, Calcutta, fumes, there's the diesel, there's particulates, you know, London, we've got toxic charge. We all know petrol and diesel cars aren't good for the environment, but are EVs really that clean for the environment? They are cleaner, but we need to look at what we're doing with them right now. In an old fashioned car, you can take it apart, you can take the spares, you can do things with it. What will we do with these cars? Literally, there's nothing you can basically take apart. Now you might be able to pull them around and recycle them in a different way, but the batteries, they're pretty toxic things, yeah? A car's fuel tank is just a piece of metal shaped into a tank. Okay, it may have had fuel in it, but once you get rid of it, you can just melt that down can't just get rid of those batteries and just chuck them into something and crush them up. Also, where is the power coming from? At present, all of the power is still coming mainly from fossil fuel, from gas, that sort of generation, a bit of coal as we've heard, you know, the materials that these cars are made of, they generally come from the petrochemical industry. Now our plastics come from that. You know, a lot of our kind of silicons and stuff are byproducts of these things. There's loads of petrochemical um, elements that are put into our EVs. You know, they're bonded with special resins. They've got loads of things in them. I'm not saying that electric vehicles are bad. All I'm saying is that this study is very, very interesting because it shows you that they're not the panacea we may think they will be. I'm sure we will get there. We will get a cleaner car very soon. Maybe in the next five, ten years, cars will be absolutely brilliantly clean. You know, but these EVs aren't as yet. They are still massive hunks of electronics with rare earth elements trundling around our streets. That's my view. What's yours? Give us a shout. Let us know. Uh, fuse at Energy Live News. Use the hashtag and uh, we shall uh, find out what you think. Ah, oh, back to normality. Well, not quite. It's the Hack Hatch. <laughs> haven't got a mic on. You, you have got a mic on. As always. Come prepared. You've come prepared. Um, Hello. I think they know who you are by now. Uh, have you had a busy week? Yes, very busy. Pree's not here to cover Pree's my in, Hello so. Pree! Enjoying America? Look what he's doing. Yeah, I've gone off the, off the tracks. No, off, off the rails. Off the rails. I won't talk about your jacket. I like it, by the way. Yeah, it's new. It's I mean, very, very expensive. Shoots your eyes. Is the gold flashing, Robert? His jacket is so bright, it's dazzling the camera. Ooh. I quite like it, though. It's just got a certain... Keep it on. It's my it's, disco jacket. It's got a bit... Is he, is he disappearing through the middle of it? If he isn't, then it's fine. <laughs> okay, anyway, stories. Because the audience are bored already by this. Yeah, stories. Stories. Uh, 
Starting off very with... messy this week. Oi, oi. <laughs> Lionel Messi has got a new fo- a new fan, and it's uh, the UN. Yes. Uh, they've made him the ambassador for sustainable tourism around the world. He's just so see-through, isn't he? So transparent on that. Yeah, you can see right through this scheme, yes. to be honest. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, so basically, he's got nothing else to do because he got knocked out of the uh, Champions League. Yeah, so he's moping Ooh, around and they said, around. go on, Lionel, go pick up some litter yeah. and inspire others to do the same. So, so basically that on. means that Serious point he is, travels around a lot because yes. he's a footballer. Um, so basically he's saying to people to encourage them, when you go to a country, leave it a better place than when you arrived. Uh, instead of, I don't know what people do when they go on holiday that's so emissions intensive, but he's saying pick up litter if you go to the beach, you know, don't leave litter. Be um, like Lionel. Don't be messy. Try and get the train instead of taking, I don't know, a polluting taxi or something like he that. He says as he jets in, yeah. in his private jet. Yeah. Anyway, fine, that's Lionel. Next one. Uh, yeah, so the next story is actually about wind turbines. He's come back in now, here we go. Let's kind, see, go Kind on. of. Whee! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I wanted to go to a wind farm. This is good. Uh, this is that become like, you could be like, you know when Harry Potter first came out, the first one? Harry Potter? You could be like the headless, whatever it is. Yeah. Headless Nick. Headless Nick, well done. Nearly Freda. headless Nick. Nearly headless Nick. Anyway, carry on. Um, wind turbines. I did a bit about wind turbines. Yes, wind turbines. Okay, so basically the new, there's a new wind turbine uh, the, the developers of Atomfall say is the most powerful in the world. Claim. It, yeah, they, they say it is. It, they claim it is. Uh, I believe it is from my research. Okay. Uh, but so... What's so big about it? What's so good? It's off the coast of Aberdeen. They're right. installing 11 of these turbines. They're slightly different. So one, two of the turbines are 8.8 giga, uh, megawatts, which are the most wow. powerful. that's really big. And the other nine are 8.4 megawatts. So the 8.8 megawatt ones, I found it pretty interesting. It's just one revolution of the blades is enough to power a home for 24 hours, which is crazy. And, uh, yeah, the, the diameter of the blade spinning yeah. is actually bigger than the London Eye as well. So that Whoa. puts it into perspective. That, have they built these things, then? Uh, the, fir- the first one's been built. Uh, the first one's built, and it's anyway, off the coast of Aberdeen, good. if you yeah, want to go massive. see it. Yeah, massive. Right, lovely. Uh, yep, and the other story is about how, even though we hear lots about the ice melting... Yes, now, a... I do like this story. Go on. Well, it turns out, okay, so at first it looks like it's, uh, con- it's conflicting with the reports that the ice is melting all the time. Uh, and it basically says that in Antarctica, its snow has actually increased by a tenth over the last uh, 200 years. So snow's increased by quite a lot. A tenth is a lot because there's a lot of snow there. Um, 10% more, that's huge. Yeah, it is right. huge. But, so that's, that sounds like maybe they're questioning uh, global you know, warming. The, the rhetoric we hear about mm-hmm. global warming. But in reality, uh, they're saying that because global warming is heating the atmosphere up, right. the air is getting moister, right. more moist. And, uh, and you don't believe he did a degree in English, did you? And that's increasing the amount of precipitation. Okay, so, all right, so what they're saying so this is, is... evidence that global warming is happening. It's weird, though, isn't them. it? Because everyone would say the ice uh, sheet's melting, the whole Greenland cap, yeah. all of that we've seen, you know, big chunks of it going off into the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they're saying is the other effect of it is, although that looks like it's getting, le- you know, making the ice less, mm. by warming, you get more rain. More rain falls as more yep, icy snow rain there. Yeah. and falls as snow. Yeah, pretty much. But that doesn't mean that the global warming isn't happening. No, they said even that change, it, that locks in more water uh, to the region because obviously it's not, uh, yeah. it locks in more water, but that's still massively offset by the uh, glaciers and the ice cliffs that are shrinking away, apparently. Okay. But they, I don't know, they explain anything away, don't well, they? Well, you know. they, they explain it all. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it for you. Okay, goodbye. How about your stories? 
Oh, yes. Email us at stories at energylifenews.com. You can also uh, now, if you get to the bottom <laughs> of the website, it just says, got a story, just press that. And it goes straight to him. Yeah. Wearing this ridiculous jacket. And the Oracle. It goes straight to the Oracle and we will uh, solve all the problems. All right, goodbye, Jonathan. Goodbye. You've done a great job. As always. I lied there, constantly. Uh, okay, brilliant. So, uh, lots going on there. Right, uh, let me uh, talk about what's happening. So... Camera's moving. Oh, it's not moving. Rob's, Rob's doing two things today at once. It's good. Uh, okay, so first of all, don't forget we've got Energy Live Future coming up. In a second, we'll play an invite from Bas Lansdorp, our uh, uh, prime speaker. The reason I want you to know about this is we've been calling you this week, uh, end users. We've been talking to you, been sending out emails. Please come along. We've got rid of half of our slots. Remember, it's invite only. And we've got a really good agenda for you now. It's all coming together. You'll see it on the website. Now here's the invitation from the man who wants to take us to Mars. Hello, I'm Bas Lansorp. I'm CEO and co-founder of Mars One. I'll be speaking at Energy Life Future in June in London, and I hope you will be there. I'll be speaking about Mars, about why we should go there, how we will go there, about how we will get energy on Mars. It's going to be an exciting event. Join us. I've heard his idea of what he's going to talk about, and I will tell you this, it is going to be cracking. You know, the guy is a real character. He's very charismatic. So, you know, don't miss that. Get yourself registered for that. Here's the other dates for your diary. So, as I said, June the 7th, Energy Live Future at the Siemens Crystal in Docklands. And then, just a couple of weeks later, on the 28th of June, it is Telco Night, Energy Life Consultancy Awards. Our deadline is fast approaching. You've got about two weeks left. It is the 23rd of April to get your entries in, brokers and consultants. And then, uh, later in the year, on the 31st of October, Halloween, we have Energy Live Future, uh, sorry, Energy Live Expo, which we'll be looking at, as I said, the issues around energy as we enter the final stage of Brexit. We'll have lots of really important content for you guys out there. And we'll be discussing some of the bigger political issues that will be driving things like the advancement of blockchain, the advancement of energy in, in general and research that's going on. How will it work for our businesses? That'll be part of it as we enter this vital stage of Brexit. Well, that's pretty much it. Is there, are there any shout outs, Frederick? Yeah, Vicky Ellis, uh, Johnny has a fantastic jacket. Vicky Ellis, hello, Elster, how are you? She says Johnny has a fantastic jacket. Yes. And yeah, he doesn't have anything else, though, Vix. Not like you. Not that kind of reporting now that you had. I have a full yes. Anyone else? A bloke from Essex asks if we miss him yet. I wonder who that might be. George, of course we miss you. Hey? Yeah, I reckon George is working hard. Clearly he's joined this new company. They have no idea about his um, nocturnal habits, his other habits, and his uh, ability to watch things constantly in his lunch break. So anyway, George, you hope you're doing well. Nothing from Corcoran. Corcoran was giving me some crap about a plug at the beginning of the show. Yeah. What? Mr. Look at my leg. It got bitten by a very small shark. Mm. Although, I have to say, what, do you know what? I, what I was, let me, hang on. Do 
Just for you, Kev. Look. Oh, look. Make you feel happy. That no one wanted to wear it. We tried to give it away at a charity shop, and they even said, they came round, Freddie, didn't they? We tried to give you some crap away this week, and they said, we are not going to take that. Can you believe it, Kev? What a cracker. Anyway, good stuff. Uh, keep them coming in. Uh, hopefully, there'll be more people than just people who know us. But hey, maybe that's all the people who watch it. Right, and then finally this week, uh, this is great. So, get this. The Swedes, famous for ABBA. Volvos and Nocturnal Habit Meatballs, Ikea. Uh, they're now uh, creating the first electric road that's fully operational, 1.2 miles of it. Okay, so just over about one and a half kilometres. Guess how much it cost? Go on, Johnny, guess. I don't know, around 1 million euros? Yes, you're right. 1 million euros a kilometre. So, yeah, it basically works by a bit like a scale electric. Some of you are far too young to know what that is, but it's been these little toy cars that went around a little track and they had a little brush underneath them. It's the same thing. A little brush will come out, go along this groove in the middle of the floor um, on the road and then charges your car. We'll have a debit system. So as you're driving, it'll debit you the amount of electricity you're using. It sounds bonkers. Uh, they reckon uh, in Sweden... It's not a big country, but they'd need to do 20,000 kilometres. So by my calculation, that's 200 million quid. But hey, uh, you know, Sweden's got a bit of money. Um, so, but hey, test idea. Looks quite groovy, looks quite funky. Don't need to charge a car. So maybe that'll be the future. Right, that's about it. Um, do have a good weekend. Uh, Pre will be here uh, next week. We'll be welcoming her back. Um, Johnny, I don't know what you're up to next week. Doing something anyway. Uh, Rob and I will be over in Madrid, won't we? Ole! So we'll be, um, <clears throat> actually we're going over for a great trip. We're going to meet some people from Rosatom. So we'll be able to bring you back some ideas of, of what the Russians are doing in the world of nuclear power in Europe as they develop. So plenty of that to come out. Make sure you uh, tune in every morning to the daily update. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn. Give a shout out to Freddie. He's always managing Twitter when he never gets enough hellos. And we'll see you next week.